Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. Hey, welcome to Grape Top Church Online. I'm your host, Homer Hargrove. Um, today we are actually in the new year 2022 how do you guys feel about the new year so far is it exciting you kind of nervous you're just ready for the next step and i think that especially when the new year starts so close to church it can be uh there's so much opportunity for like the 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 traditional sayings like new year new you we're going to talk all about uh goals and and our new faith with God and it's kind of just like a routine right today we're starting a new series called salt and light and we're not necessarily going to be focusing on the idea of a new year's resolution or new you who this anything like that Um, we're really going to be focusing on the idea of when Jesus says that we are the salt and light of the earth and really just unpacking what that means this entire month So for today specifically, we're going to be uh, talking about our nourishment, our nourishment as Christians. And we're going to look at the story of the woman at the well, really popular story. And I'm going to just read the scripture and we'll we'll get into it. So starting off in John chapter four, verse 27, it says, and at this point, His disciples came, and they were amazed that he had been speaking with the woman. Yet no one said, What are you seeking? Or why are you speaking with her? So the woman left her water pot and went into the city and said to the people, Come see a man who told me all the things that I have done. This is not the Christ, is he? And they left the city and were coming to him. So just as a backdrop, this is right after Jesus just talked to the woman at the well. And uh, she was super hesitant, and he ended up convincing her that he just might be the Messiah. And so now she left everything. The disciples got back, and they're like, what's going on? Why is Jesus talking to a woman? Like, and we weren't here. And so it's a strange scenario. Now all the people from the city are coming to go see him. It goes on to say, Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have a food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples were saying to one another, no one brought him anything to eat, did he? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Again, as another backdrop, right before coming to this area and him speaking to the woman at the well, they had just got done doing a whole bunch of ministry. It was an exhausting work to where they were ministering to, to dozens and hundreds of people. And so the reason that he was even sitting at that well in the first place is because it was their break time. It is time to, that well needed rest. It goes, uh, it goes on to say, Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I tell you, raise your eyes and observe the fields that they are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life. So that the one who sows and the one who reaps may rejoice together. For in this case, the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. 
Others have labored, and you have come into their labor. So this whole topic today is going to be talking about this idea of my nourishment, our nourishment. And I want us to start off with the will of God. The will of God is something that, if you think about it, most individuals are always slightly confused and and wondering, hesitant, doubtful, if they're walking in the will of God for their life. But it seems like everybody else and their mother knows what the will of God is for you. I, I find that people often have this idea that they are omniscient and that they know what God wants for you. Y'all dig what I'm saying? If you've ever been in church long enough, you may have encountered a a scenario to where maybe you sit down with a deacon or a pastor or or some type of leader where they're telling you what they think God wants you to do. Anybody ever experienced something like that? And a lot of those times, there's so much confusion for the individual of really what they think God wants. God's will is for them. But when it comes to that will of God, doing what you are called to do gives you life. The sentence frag, uh, grammar, <laughs> uh, grammatical error. Doing what you are called to do gives you life. Um, man, I just ruined the whole message, didn't it? <laughs> um, doing what you are called to do gives you life. When it comes to doing or finding the will of God, you have to transition your mind into a spiritual perspective. You truly must have faith and believe in the supernatural ability of God. You have to unlock your mind. And when I sit, this last part where I say unlock your mind, anyone see the newest Matrix movie? It's horrible. It's completely horrible. I, I actually, um, did you like it? No, I heard it Oh, it was horrible. It was it, it, it was so bad. I like the original trilogy. I really do. But it was so bad to where I think that anybody who says that they love it's Now, let me be clear. Anybody that says I liked it because it's like kind of like, you know, bringing back the, 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 the Matrix like to mine, like a fresh, you know, glance. And it, you could like it. Yeah, that's great. But anyone that says like, oh, it was the best, I think it's impossible for me not to have... A lesser opinion about them. I mean, I can't trust your judgment. That movie was so bad. And the the reason I'm bringing this up is n- is the only single part where the whole theme of the Matrix is like unlock your mind, unlock your mind. That the the reality you think you are in is not as real as you think, and that you have more power than what meets the eye. And when it comes to the will of God, I really believe that. It is such a spiritual aspect that is just simply out of this world. Everything that we know about the will of God, about the power of God, is only in like fragments and glimpses. Even when we read about the, the stories of, uh, and miracles that we read about in the Bible, we really are only getting glimpses, even though it seems so, so much, so powerful, and we're only seeing glimpses in time. And... I believe that when it comes to finding the will of God for you, you really have to allow yourself to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I believe one of the greatest ways to increase that sensitivity to God, God's voice is through fasting. 
through reading scripture, through praying. It's just like the more that you have this, this time with God in spiritual ways, the more you become uh, in tune with what he sounds like or feels like. But I want us to imagine that we have this, this inkling of what the will of God is for us right now. The will of God is very multifaceted. It, a lot of times we think it's just one pipeline purpose, like just one major thing that is your life's purpose and that's it. And it's simply not true. God has a will for us in so many different ways. Um, the, a lot of people, when they first become a parent, they, they have this realization like, I know my purpose now, it's to raise this kid. It's like, that is definitely one of your purposes. But to, to, that, that there's so many more, there's so much more to your life than, than your child. And, and it's hard to even imagine that once you have kids because you have so much overflowing love um, for your children that it's hard to imagine anything else being purposeful after that. But there is. And in the same way that people without kids have purpose, multiple purposes, and multiple wills that God wants them to walk in, so it is with um, one who does have kids. And the will of God could be something as big as a career path. Like, I feel like this is what God is calling me to do. For me, uh, it was starting this church. It was, a, it was a pathway. It was a big pathway. But even then, that is not the only purpose for my life. That is not the only will of God for my life. Y'all dig what I'm saying? Uh, the will of God be, could be as simple as, God leading you to talk to somebody about Jesus. God leading you to invite somebody to church. That is the will of God. See, it's such a small step, but it's still God's will for you. And the same thing that stops us in the big ways is the same thing that stops us in the little ways. And that is this fear and this hesitation, this doubt that, that we don't have what it takes. That uh, I, there's no way I could... Uh, bring someone to Jesus. I, I don't know all the scriptures. I don't know what to say. We have all these reasons that we make up of why we can't be used by God. Y'all dig what I'm saying? And what I am projecting is that when, when trying to live out the will of God for your life, you have to unlock your mind. You have to really detach yourself from this physical reality and understand that there is a powerful spiritual world that we live in as well, that we're plugged into. But Jesus makes this statement that bends our reality. I have food to eat that you do not know about. I have food to eat that you do not know about. He's saying that you do not know about because you cannot see it in this realm, this reality. But there's a reality beyond what is seen that is real and tangible, and he's giving it a tangibility, a, a, this, this illumination to real nourishment to his body that goes beyond our reality. It, this illuminates this unseen spiritual motivation and nourishment that can propel us forward even when our bodies want to stop. I believe that fasting is a simple glimpse of how our bodies try to limit our abilities. Our flesh will constantly beg us to stop in that it can't take any more. Yet when you choose to keep going, you're able to push so much farther beyond you thought your limits were. I, I love running. And 
the reason uh, I, I love it is just because that's kind of how I found my relationship with God. I couldn't, I, I got in an accident, uh, had a major injury and couldn't walk right. And event, uh, as I started finding Christ, I would pray for God to heal me and give me the ability to run. And I would just run. And all of a sudden I was running like seven miles without stopping. Um, and it was just like a, a really powerful moment, personal to me and God. And the reason I love running is because... Um, Every time that I go running and have like a destination in mind, uh, a length, say I want to run three miles. After like the first block, the first mile, I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Why have I been running this long? Then you get to the second mile, like, okay, you made your point. Let's just go ahead and call it quits. Like we can, we did a good job today. We ran out, we went out, we did it. Let's just stop here. And it seems like every step, there's just like this, this hold back. I remember doing a half marathon and it was in Austin. So it was like so many hills, ridiculous. It was unnecessary to have that many hills in a marathon. But I remember thinking to myself like, oh man, this has been quite a bit. I'm probably at like mile nine, but all the hills tricked me. And then when I passed this mark, I said, uh, you just reached your third mile. It's like, <laughs> I slowed down so quick. I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And this, the symbolism I'm making with running is that what I've noticed is my body is constantly telling me I can't do it. I need to stop. Just take a break. And if I, if I ignore those thoughts long enough, it will eventually stop. And I realize that I can run so much farther than when I wanted to stop. You ever experienced that? And fasting is a lot like that too. Is you, it's like when you just give up, like even just doing a D Daniel fast, and you literally start telling yourself, like, I'm, I think I'm going to lose my vision if I don't eat meat right now. It, it's like you, you, start, uh, uh, you start being convinced that you just can't take it. And, and all the while, if you unlock your mind, you'll realize that not only do you not need uh, in a fast, you can go without meat, but you could even go without food in general. If you've ever done just like a juice fast, oh my gosh. Remember the first time I did a juice fast for seven days and by the third day, I, I, every morning I would wake up crying. Just, it was just horrible. I would wake up, cry and pray, God, I don't know if I could do this. And then by the, by after the morning time, it would just like, I would feel normal. I was more so upset that I didn't eat. It's not even that my body was like becoming this frail, decre decrepit state. It was just more so I was like irritated and wanted to eat because I was so used to eating. I didn't even necessarily feel hungry after the third day, but I just wanted to eat. And all of this like extra stuff I'm saying about our bodies is I'm trying to to show this glimpse of how much our bodies try to convince us that we can't do it, that we're limited. And every time we step past that point, we go way farther than we thought we could originally. And it, going to the will of God, don't allow your flesh or this natural world convince you to wait until you feel 100%. Don't allow your flesh or this world to convince you to not start until you think you know everything. There is never a perfect moment and never a perfect timing to start operating God's will for your life. You will never know everything and you'll never feel 100%. You simply just have to step out and do it. 
Sometimes you just have to jump in with the faith that you do have. Fully understanding that you don't have what it takes. It's a counterintuitive message for today, right? Every other Sunday message is, you can fulfill your resolutions. You can do this. You can. You can. This is new year, new you. And I'm going to just tell you straight up, we don't have what it takes. We don't because we're imperfect beings. And it's not about whether we have everything we need. It's more so about what God will do to fill in the gaps. He will fill in the gaps. He will cover us with grace and God will walk with you in your steps of faith. Faith is believing without seeing. It's it's operating in operating in faith is stepping forward even though you don't really know exactly how yet. Don't allow the idea of needing to know everything, feeling like you're 100% ready to uh, don't allow that to stop you from just simply walking in faith knowing that God will meet you halfway. Jesus, when he says, I have a nourishment that you do not know about, he's talking about doing the will of God. Doing the will of God. And it was simply talking to this random lady. It was talking to a lady, even though he was tired, and telling her about the gospel. Willing to conversate, even though he didn't want to. He was tired. Everything was saying, not right now, it's not a good time. But yet, He found nourishment and strength in simply doing God's work. Y'all feel what I'm saying? In the same way, if you allow yourself to trust God, to give you the energy you need, to give you the life that you need, when you're doing His will, He will meet you. You feel that? Let's go on to our next point, and that is not everyone will understand. Not everyone will understand. Many will criticize what you do because they don't understand why. Many people will criticize what you do because they don't understand why you're doing it. People will never run out of opinions. We may run out of food. We may run out of money. We can run run out of anything else, but I don't think we'll ever run out of opinions of others. Many people simply love to imagine that they are omniscient, But when they don't understand why, when they have a moment where they realize they're not omniscient, instead of understanding that they don't have your perspective, they often assume that there is just simply no reason why. There is no why. And they attempt to tear it down through ridicule and demonization. They tear down through ridicule and demonization. I think that uh, politics is the most irritating thing Uh, in the world right now and probably forever. And I believe that most problems are created by politics in general. But be that as it may, what what is so infuriating to me is that both sides of a political realm will look at a problem and, and give an assumption to why and then give an oversimplified solution. And typically, neither way works, and neither way really understands why. And they just kind of make it a more uncomfortable situation than it already was. And when it comes to your life, maybe you have been alive long enough to have people give you unsolicited advice. 
And it's my personal favorite advice, unsolicited, advice I didn't ask for. Um, and if you can't detect that sarcasm, it, the reason it's so irritating is because it's like, I didn't ask you, and you don't really understand why I'm doing it anyway. I think advice is great when it's looked for, but the idea that often people have is that they, under, that they don't have understanding to why, but they, they, they think that they do. And the reason I'm bringing up this point is the disciples started asking, why is Jesus talking to this woman? And there's this uncomfortability that, that was brought with inside themselves. Why is he talking to her? And, why, and she's a Samaritan. Why is he doing this? And they had all these questions and doubts and, and, uh, into simply what he was doing because they, they didn't understand why. And when, when they don't, uh, when you cannot please everybody, nor should you, but even though we already know that, we hesitate in what we do because of the opinions and criticism of others. And their chatter often brings confusion and self-doubt. How many times were you set out to do something, you decided what you wanted to do, you realized it was a good thing, but then the opinions and chatter of others made you doubt the decision you already made. It, it made, you thought you were clear, clear-minded, and you felt good about it. And all of a sudden, the opinions and chatter of others that are brought in, the comments, and you start to doubt what you, you've already thought about. You start to feel confused, and you start thinking like, well, is this God's will for me? Is this what I'm supposed to do? And using, uh, instead of letting these moments to just to bring you to self-doubt, Use these moments to reassure yourself in God's leading. Strengthen the reason of why you're doing what you're doing. Make it a stronger foundation to hold up against the attacks of others. Knowing why you do what you do is the only thing that can keep you going through these fires. It, it makes me think about even just starting this church. I remember, there's, there's a lot of things that I knew why. It, it was the, we started this, the idea of this church, this inspiration was the day after a 21-day fast in 2016. The day after that fast, God spoke to me about starting this church. And I put all of these, these things in as my fleeces on the floor, if you will, to, to green light God if God was really speaking to me. And after getting all this confirmation, after God making it abundantly clear that, it was, it was, that he was calling us to move back to San Antonio and start this church, there's so many moments along the way to where the chatter would begin. Well, why San Antonio? Well, why do you need to start a new church? Why don't you do this or that? Why don't you start a new, uh, just join a ministry here? You know, all these different things where it's like, may not even be stop, but it's trying to redirect you from what you feel like you're already doing. Well, why that church? Why don't you go over here? Y'all get what I'm saying? And all the way up to the point of moving here, starting the church, and even being specific to how we started. I felt like God spoke to us to start in a way uh, that was not traditional in the way churches start now. We did it old school. Let's start meeting in our apartment and <laughs> having service there. Worst way to start when it comes to financial, uh, being financially lucrative. We were poorer than poor, and it was not very enticing to go to an apartment church. But be that as it may, God really spoke to us of, of why to do all those things the way he called us to do it. And all along the way, that chatter would be there. 
It's like at every turn. And if you allow that chatter to leave you in confusion, it, it will make you leave the path that God has set you on. And so that's why it's so important if you ever have a moment to where you don't know why, rather than just abandoning what you're doing, make a firm foundation of why. Find your why and, and build on that foundation. Y'all dig what I'm saying? I, I really love, uh, uh, even though I said I was sarcastic earlier, I, I honestly like the, the fact that so much unsolicited chatter it happened in the process of building this church because it is what motivated me to be so doctrinally sound as we are as a church today. Uh, people tell us all the time that we use uh, almost too much scripture, if there ever was a thing. People always uh, have their criticisms now are, are almost like compliments to, to what we wanted to be founded on. And it would, we would have never been um, biblically forward if it wasn't for the chatter of others. First times people started questioning doctrine, and I was like, why would you even ask that? <laughs> I, I, starting the church, I feel like I never expected the kinds of questions and comments and feedback that people gave. Like, why is Lauren co-pastor? I was like, I didn't even realize that was, <laughs> that was a big deal for you. It was like so many different things that I had to, uh, and because, uh, because of that why, needing to know why, I had to build off of that. And it gave such strong foundation to where the things that were just like a floor before are now pillars to the church. In the same way for your life, don't let the opinions of others cause you to not understand why you're doing what you're doing, but give a stronger foundation. Always know why you do what you do. Go to God in prayer, write down what you feel like he is speaking to you and make sure it's biblical, then run with it. Make sure it's biblical, then run with it. And I really believe that it, finding the will of God for your life is that simple. Praying, writing down what you feel like God is speaking to you, make sure it's biblical, and then run with it. And when you do that, it'll make those opinions and that chatter seem so, so insignificant, so almost silent compared to the voice of God that is so loud in your life. Y'all feel that? Let's go on to our last point, which is it's been ready. It's been ready. Stop creating excuses to wait longer. Just go out and do it. A lot of churchianity today tells us to wait. And I believe that there's definitely moments that we need to wait on God. There are, for sure. But I don't think that waiting is the majority of Christians' problems. I think starting is. We've been conditioned to wait, to wait, to wait. And most of the times, the reason that so many leaders and pastors have told us to just wait on that is because they were not ready to go through the motions of uh, delegating and giving authority and, uh, and actually uh, delegating responsibilities and, actually, and moving forward with things. And it conditioned this idea in church to where the very leaders that have told us just wait on God is because they were told to wait, to wait, to wait when they were trying to move up in ministry. It, it, I'm, I'm saying that is a, a cultural... It is a cultural reaction 
within the American church that has convinced the majority of Christians that the biggest thing we need to do is wait on God. We do need to wait on God at moments, but it, we, we are not called to just forever wait. Jesus said, go out and make disciples. He didn't say that uh, with the intention of only the apostles to forever make disciples. It, it, what that means is to make disciples is to spread the gospel and have binding relationships with the people that we influence with the gospel. To where uh, anyone that accepts Christ, that we connect with them as a brother and sister in Christ. That we, the, that we operate as uh, family-like. And so many times we hesitate to do anything because it's almost as if we're waiting for permission. We're waiting for permission. When it comes to spreading the gospel, we don't need permission. When it comes to sharing the love of God with others, you don't need permission. God has already said, go out and do it. And so and stop creating excuses to wait longer. Just go out and do it. There are so many things we have put off because we think the time isn't right. But ask yourself, is it really about timing or is it because you are afraid that you are not ready? Is it really about timing or is it more so because you are afraid that you're not ready? Most of life is not a slot machine that requires the perfect timing in order to hit the winning jackpot. Sometimes it can be like that, but most of life is not about timing. You may not be perfect enough to get an A+, but you are most likely ready to attempt or to start. In reality, nobody really knows what they're doing. In reality, no one really knows what they're doing. Whether it's starting a business, whether it's becoming a, a spouse for the first time, whether it's raising kids for the first time, nobody really knows what they're doing. And the only difference is that some people know that they don't know, and other people think that they know. But the reality is no one knows what they're doing. No person is omniscient to which they know all possibilities. No one knows all possibilities. No one knows all outcomes. So stop allowing this fear to stop you from, your, from what you're passionate about and, have, and, and things that you've been dreaming of because you're waiting for the perfect right moment to be perfectly ready. Y'all dig what I'm saying? I really believe that God is, is compelling us as people to get moving. Jesus says in the scripture that the harvest is ready. Behold, look, the harvest is ready. The time is now. And when it comes to sharing the love of God with others, you can't lose. You simply can't lose. Jesus says the harvest is ready and any person on any given day, if you were to try to, to, to reach them for Christ, reach them for God, even if they were to reject now, you've taken them one step closer to a moment that they may accept. You've implanted another seed in their mind uh, to, to, for them to ponder on, for God to enthuse them. Open your eyes to the leadings and subtle callings of ministry all around you and tap into those opportunities. You'll find that nearly everywhere there is an opportunity to minister God's love and message in some way. Every single one of us is called to ministry in some way.
It doesn't mean, I'm not saying full-time ministry, uh, as, as such as uh, becoming a, 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 a pastor or a priest, I don't know. But in the sense that we are bearers of Christ. Christian means little Christ. And the whole, uh, being a bearer of little Christ, uh, being a bearer of Christ means that we are bearers of his message. We carry his love with us everywhere we go. And so it doesn't matter if uh, you're, you're an influencer. You, you have God's influence every single place that you go. It, and I, I want uh, not, not to, to um, sound puffed up to myself, but I'm talking about like every little moment. Even when me and Lauren go out to eat, I hate going out to eat because uh, I'm like, after being so poor from starting the church, like every dollar counts, right? <laughs> and I, I believe that everyone should always leave a tip, especially if they're Christians. It's like 20% tip if you're a Christian, if you want them to know you're a Christian. <laughs> and even when we have bad service, like talking about bad service, I still leave a tip. Because on the back of the receipt, I write a little message saying uh, something along the lines like, Jesus hears your prayers and God loves you. And I don't want them to see that and be like, then why did you leave a crappy tip? <laughs> yeah, I'm really, yeah, God really loves me. Thanks for the tip. So, but what I'm getting at in sharing that is that even to know that even when you're just going out to eat, you can share God's love in just a small little way like that. But that's a seed that you can plant in somebody's life. Can you just imagine, best case scenario, to see them like, I had just got done asking God, give me a sign. And then they get this receipt that says God loves you. I mean, come on. You can't get better than that. <laughs> you never know what kind of difference you can make with just a little touch point like that. Now look at all the moments of, of random interactions that we have in our world, in our day. And you're able to spread the gospel. And it's so simple. It's so simple, and you're able to spread the love in some way, shape, or form. And I'll, I'll go as far to say, even if you're in a bad mood or having a bad day. Look at me today. <laughs> uh, joke, right? Bad morning, tough morning. I remember the moment that I was dating Lauren, she, uh, I was, she ended up getting a flat tire and saying, I just left, I got a flat tire, and I thought she was like right outside. She said, I'm down the street. And so I just ran out uh, wearing like a, a, a wife beater, and, and uh, I don't even think I had, I don't even know if I had shoes on, but I just walked out and I just kept walking. I was like, where the heck is she? And she had driven, like when she said down the street, she went like out of the neighborhood, down the street, like, like a good, like it could have been like three quarters of a mile down the street. And so uh, all of a sudden she was calling me. I'm still walking like, where are you? And she's like, I'm down the street, but where are you? And I said, I'm walking. Why are you walking? <laughs> Uh, so I, but you know what? I'll pick you up. A friend of mine was driving and she saw me. And so now I'm in the car with her. I'll come get you. Picks me up. I'm like irritated, right? You know, a type of irritated where you don't really say anything. You're like, hi, nice to meet you. Like, hey, you kind of just like look back at the floor. You don't want to make eye contact too long and get there. I, I, I take off the tire and whatever. And afterwards, Lauren told me that her friend said, you know, when he got in the car, I just felt like the presence of God. I felt like such peace, like just this good vibe, you know? And she was like, it was, and you know, I've been praying for, for her too. And I remember thinking to myself, like, man, I was really mad and ugly. <laughs> like, how could God's presence follow me like that? But see, that's the, I share that last story to just project to you that it, 
you, that you really, you can take yourself out of the equation. You're simply, uh, you're not even a cup that, that brings God message like water. It, it's even beyond that because it doesn't matter if you feel dirty or not. It doesn't taint the water. It doesn't taint the message of God because it is so powerful. So even if you're in a bad mood, uh, having a bad day, going through a tough time, don't let that stop you from sharing the love of God in some way because the gospel message is that powerful. Y'all feel what I'm saying? And so with all that being said, I want us to have a moment to think about this last point. It's been ready. And I want us to all bow our heads and close our eyes. And I want you to think about for yourself what has been ready for you to step into, but you've been hesitating. What is it for you that you've been hesitating about? You've been just finding reason after reason of why you can't. Why you can't start, why you can't do it. And I want you to just take that to God right now and just simply ask Jesus, is this ready? Am I ready? Just have a moment for Him to speak to you. Don't go off of an emotional high where I motivated you. But really ask God and let Him give that still answer for you. While you're doing that, if, there, if you're here and maybe what is ready for you is simply for you to start walking with Jesus as your Savior, as your Lord, just really entering a relationship with Him today. That's what you feel ready for. You want to make a real decision for God. You want to feel a changing moment. With every head bowed and eye closed, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Amen. So if you're listening to this, that was you. All you have to do to start that walk, to, to, to go to the starting line of this relationship with Jesus, the Bible says in the book of Romans, that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is who he says he is, the Son of God that died on the cross and rose from the dead for the sins of the world, surely you shall be saved. What it's saying is if you have an authentic conversation with Jesus and acknowledge the sacrifice that he made, for us in the world. It's all it takes to start this journey with him. You don't need me to lead you through a pretty prayer. You can simply just start talking to God and he knows your heart. Jesus, right now I pray for you to finish what you started in your people. I pray, God, that you would cause us to see beyond this reality, see that you will fill in the gaps that even when we are tired, you can give us life, you can give us energy. And that you just encourage your people today to find their, their sustenance and their nourishment in you and doing your will. And that you would help us to spread the same love you've shown us and spread it to others. We surrender to you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. With that being said, we're going to go into a time of worship. And before we do, I'm going to sign off online. Thank you guys for being a part. We love you so much. I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. 
First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.